You are listening to a production of WRCT Pittsburgh. Any opinions expressed within are solely those of the participants and do not reflect the views of WRCT Radio Incorporated. Questions and comments can be addressed to the Public Affairs Director at PA at WRCT.org or by calling 412-621-0728. So our question is, if you drill a hole all the way through the center of the earth, and let's pretend it's just not hot down there so you won't burn, you then jump into the hole, are you going to shoot out the other side? Right, so that's a great question, but um, I might have to ask a few clarifications because it depends on a few things. My name is uh, Marcus Deserno. I'm an associate professor of physics in the Department of Physics at Carnegie Mellon University. Hey guys, I'm Daniel. And you just heard Ellis ask the question. Today on I Wonder, we'll be jumping through a hypothetical hole through the center of the Earth in hopes of reaching the other side. How are we going to do it? Very, very carefully. And with guidance from physics professor Marcus DeCerno. Stay tuned. Were you thinking about evacuating the hole? Uh, in what sense? Like, to take all the air out. Let's say no. Okay, okay, no. Might be a good idea because then you can breathe, right? In that case, a whole bunch of complications happen, I guess, that would prevent you from coming out the other end. One, I mean, the most obvious probably being that there's friction due to the air. So you fall down, there's friction that slows you down. And this, this whole hope, like you say, you fall down, you get faster and faster and faster, you rush through the center, and then... On the other way, you kind of get slower and slower and slower, rise up, and until you end up at the... That's not going to work because you lose all that speed due to air friction, so that would not work. So about a minute into the interview, Marcus debunked the idea of traveling to one side of the Earth from the other via a tunnel. And really, it's pretty simple why this doesn't work. Yeah, the minute you start falling, you start losing energy by colliding with the air around you through friction. You know that whooshing sound you make when you're moving super fast? It takes energy to make that noise, and that energy is lost, and you will never get it back. So as you've been noisily falling through this deep hole, say you get to the center of the Earth. Sadly, you've lost some of the energy you started with, and you would need all, every last little bit, to get to the other side. We had thought this far ahead of Marcus before we talked to him, but what comes next, and for the rest of the interview, really, we didn't think of at all. So wait, if you, if you were to jump into this hole with air... You, the friction would hold you back, so you would just kind of like oscillate like back and forth from the center and then eventually just get stuck in the middle? Yeah, that's what you would probably think if, um, if friction were the only problem, but that's unfortunately not quite true. <laughs> you know that if you climb at a mountain, uh, it's not just going to get cooler, the, the air pressure is going to drop, right? And, and for some of the same reason, if you go down in that hole, the air pressure is going to go up. It's not quite the same as in if you were above ground, but the air pressure will go up. It's a bit difficult to calculate quite how much it goes up because the temperature thing, but you granted me to assume the temperature is <laughs> going to stay nice. So let's just assume the temperature is going to stay nice and comfy, 70 Fahrenheit or something like that. In that case still, well, the air pressure is going to go 
up and up and up as you go down and down and down. And at about uh, something like 50 miles down there, the air pressure is going to be something like 2 gigapascal. What what does that actually mean in our terms? I don't know. How many atmospheres that we feel at the surface is that? It's approximately 20,000 atmospheres. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's going to be rather lethal to you. But let's say, okay, we're good engineers. We're going to build this kind of wonderful hull that we can hide in. And then we're going to not just jump in like that, but we're going to go into this pressure-protecting suit. Like a capsule or something. Exactly. Some some awesome capsule that could withstand all this. You know, we make it from adamantium. I don't know. Just some really good capsule. Uh, that wouldn't help you because at um, about this depth, at, at these 20,000 atmospheres, at that pressure, it turns out uh, that nitrogen becomes solid. <laughs> so uh, the air that you're hoping to fall through will basically become a solid. So you're hitting a nitrogen wall. Wow, so even the act of digging the hole through the center of the Earth would be impossible. Yeah, I mean, we took away the extreme heat of the Earth. We said that it would be feasible for a drill to go 8,000 miles, which is the diameter of the Earth. Even then, with the air filling the hole, it's impossible to dig this hole. It's just crazy to think that when this hole becomes deep enough, nitrogen... Which is about 80% of air. It solidifies under the extreme pressure of having the atmosphere and all of the air in this massive tunnel sitting on top of it, it changes from gas to solid. And what I think is hilarious is that this happens only 50 miles down. Like, that might sound like a lot, but the diameter of Earth is 8,000 miles. So it's not even 1% of the way through our tunnel. So what do we do? Do we get rid of the entire atmosphere? One thing you could do just around your the hole in the ground where you hop in, just build a wall that is 300 miles high that will reach up to the up to the uh, up, up, above the atmosphere basically and then you then no atmosphere will come rushing in. That might sound a bit ludicrous to have a 300 mile high wall, but I, I alert you that you said you're going to drill through the center of the earth, which I think is the bigger engineering problem here. So that wall that would prevent the air from rushing in, so you'll, you'll be good then. Okay, so let's pretend that we're a little more technologically advanced than we are currently, and this 300-mile wall is no big deal. So if we jump in, then we don't have the solid nitrogen. And so let's re-ask the question about what happens when we jump into this hollowed-out Earth from the top of space. Okay, so now it still depends a little bit how you drill that tunnel. Did you have any ideas about from where to where you're going to drill it? Uh, yeah, from, from Pittsburgh to whatever. So on the opposite side of the globe from Pittsburgh is actually the Pacific Ocean, but you can find places where land and land would be connected by a giant tunnel. Yeah, you're not going to fall through then, that because there, there's a problem that we haven't yet addressed, which is the fact that the Earth is actually rotating. So once you jump into that tunnel and you keep falling down, remember that here in Pittsburgh you have a certain sideways velocity because the Earth rotates. And that sideways velocity is going to be, if you like, with you all the way. The closer you get to the center, the smaller that sideways velocity is. And sort of at the center, it would vanish. But you can't get rid of that sideways velocity. There's some sort of momentum conservation going on. So at some point, you're just going to scrape against the wall of the tunnel. <laughs> and that's going to create friction that slows you down. It might also hurt. I don't know. <laughs> This sideways velocity thing Marcus mentions is what physicists call the Coriolis effect. We put up a YouTube video on our website of people playing or trying to play 
catch on a merry-go-round that illustrates the Coriolis principle rather well. In this case, the Earth is the merry-go-round, and a kid trying to throw a ball across it is like gravity forcing you down into the tunnel. In both cases, the ball or person does not go straight. And no matter where you are on Earth, this is going to be a problem, and you're going to scrape down the side of the tunnel. Everywhere, except for one very special place. There's one way you can drill where it doesn't matter, and that's to just drill along the axis. Mm. And in that case, basically, you have to drill from the, the North Pole to the South Pole. I mean, not the magnetic North Pole, just the, where the axis is, okay? And in that case, the Earth is rotating all the way around you, but since you, before you jump in, you're standing at the pole, you don't have any, you don't have the sideways velocity, right? And so you jump in, and then that problem is gone. Now we're in business. Yeah, now we're in business. So, okay, is, is that our answer? I don't mean to be impatient, but we've removed the atmosphere, or at least air from this tunnel. We are drilling straight through the axis of rotation of the Earth. So if both of those things were true, then we would make it to the other side? As far as I can tell, you would now come out the other side if you jump in. Cool. Uh, would we just kind of pop out? Well, the ideal situation is that on the one end, let's say on the North Pole, you just jump in at rest, if you like, and then you fall down, you get faster, 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 faster. Once you're at the center of the Earth, where you're sort of at the center of gravity, your velocity is going to be really, really high. And then as you go towards the south side now, you're going to get slower and slower and slower. And by the time you reach the other end of the hole, you slow down to a rest and you kind of your head just looks out and says, hello, South Pole, there, there I am. <laughs> Do you have any sense for about how long? Both ways or just from one end to the other side? Yeah, both ways. Okay, both ways. A complete round trip would take you 90 minutes. An hour and a half? An, an hour and a half. It's, I mean, you get really fast. You're going to go through the center of the Earth at about five miles a second. So a direct trip from the North Pole to the South Pole would take 45 minutes. That is true. That would be a really good transportation thing. I mean, if you've solved all the other engineering problem plus the economic problem, that there's nothing interesting at the South Pole <laughs> and the North, to connect, really. But yes, you could do it in 45 minutes. Hey, this is Jan from Radiolab. You are listening to I Wonder on WRCT 88.3 Pittsburgh. Okay, let's kind of mix things up a little here. Say Ellis wanted to give me a high five as I jump into the hole. Uh, how quickly would he have to run around the earth in order to meet me on the other side at the instant I pop out. All right, so uh, he, had, he would have to run pretty fast. He would have to run at five miles a second. Five miles a second, that's, that's pretty fast. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> at that speed, you would basically be in orbit. Let me explain what that means. If you, if you have something and you, you throw this horizontally on Earth, then of course at some point it's going to fall down, okay? But if you throw it really, really fast, the way it's going to bend down towards the Earth is going to be comparable by the amount the Earth bends away from you because it's a sphere, right? Mm -hmm. And it turns out that at five miles a second, the, the amount by which a, a thrown object would bend down exactly compensates this. So you would never hit the ground. So once Ellis gets that speed of five miles per second, he would be in orbit. <laughs> 
So that's the sweet thing. So once you got that speed, you got it covered, okay? So you will be going from the North Pole all the way to the South, uh, and then Dan pops out the other end, you high five, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Except there's a very minor uh, kind of complication that would also prevent that from happening. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is that so far we have pretended that the Earth is a sphere, but as you approach the equator, the problem is that the Earth bulges out at the equator. So why, why does it bulge? I don't understand. It's sort of basically centrifugal forces, right? The Earth rotates, and so all the stuff that's hanging out at the equator is going to be flung outwards. So the Earth sort of has a little bit of a belly around its equator. Sure. It's not that much compared to its overall radius, but it's still about 20 kilometers. So that means you would have to start your orbit 20 kilometers above the surface to miss the Earth bulge at the equator. Yeah, if you want to be on the safe side, you have to start a distance away that would get you past the equator. And something like 20 or 22, we would have to look it up to be sure, right? And plus some safety factor that should get you that should get you safely past the equator. Wow. So the Earth has a 20 kilometer bulge around the equator. That's definitely new to me. I didn't know that being in orbit just means you're moving really fast while you fall. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we had just one last question for Marcus before we had to, like, let him get back to work. What if you could put someone in the very center of the Earth? Just say you hollowed out a hole in the center of the Earth and placed someone there. Like, what would happen to them? Um, in first approximation, there is indeed no gravity. You would be hanging there. You'd be hanging there and, and floating. To, to next approximation, the problem is that the Earth isn't exactly a sphere, so there are mountains in funny directions. So you would have to think kind of where exactly are the imbalances, and they would m slowly drag you to one side of that nice cavity in the center. Plus, of course, the Earth is not the only object that exerts gravity on you. There's also the moon, okay, and the moon pulls a little bit on you. You would just be drawn to whatever side the moon is, and then you would just kind of drag along the inside of that sphere with where the moon is? Actually, I ask our students to calculate what's the force that the moon exerts on you, but it turns out that force corresponds to the weight of a quarter of a dollar bill. <laughs> not, not, not a quarter coin, but just you take a dollar bill, you cut it into four pieces, and the weight of, of a quarter of that bill is equivalent to the force that the moon exerts on you. So it's not really, it's not like jamming you against the wall once you're in the center of the earth. There will be a tiny, tiny imbalance. But I mean, all things being equal, if that's the only thing there is, then you would be very, very, very slightly <laughs> dragged to that one side. So is this why people are so drawn to money? Uh, well, uh, I'm just kidding. That was a stupid question. <laughs> so, folks, there you have it. We drilled a hole through the earth. That we did. We turned off all the heat at the molten core. No big deal. And there was this pesky problem of the solidifying nitrogen down in the hole. Got rid of that. And Daniel, you jumped in the hole and you made it to the other side. Nice job. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, you were there to congratulate me on the other side and you gave me a high five. That, that meant a lot. And that was made possible by you, you know, being in orbit, for sure. <laughs> in all seriousness, 
we want to give a big thanks to Professor Marcus DeSarno. It was super awesome talking to him. And if you're a student at Carnegie Mellon, take his class seriously. Physics for future presidents, you will not be disappointed. I wonder is all about asking questions, even if they're as dumb as what happens when you drill a hole through the center of the earth and jump in. By dumb, do you mean Yeah, by dumb I mean super awesome. Right. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on the web. I wonder PGH. I'm Ellis. I'm Daniel. Take care, y'all.